Hello everyone, I'm Paris Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox, hosted by Richard Lummis. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. Richard Lummis is on assignment this week. Today I want to take up a very interesting book by Liz Wiseman, entitled Multipliers, subtitled How the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smart. Liz Wiseman is a researcher and executive director who teaches leadership courses literally across the world. She's a former executive at Oracle Company and the author of three best-selling books, Multipliers, The Multiplier Effect, and Rookie Smarts. She's been listed on the Thinkers 50 ranking and named one of the top 10 leadership thinkers in the world. She holds a bachelor's degree in business management and a master's degree in organizational behavior from BYU. I recently had the opportunity to hear her speak And based upon her talk, I bought the book Multipliers, and I thought it would be an excellent book for us to explore in a leadership podcast. So today we're going to take a look at Liz Wiseman and her book Multipliers. 12 O'Clock High is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Today I want to talk about the book Multipliers, how the, lead, how the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smarter by Liz Wiseman. Her basic thesis is that multipliers increase, often exponentially, the intelligence of people around them. They lead organizations or groups that are able to understand and solve hard problems rapidly, achieve their goals, and adapt and increase their capacity over time. On the one hand, diminishers literally drain the intelligence, energy, and capability from employees or team members around them. They lead groups that operate in silos, find it hard to get things done, and seem unable to do what's needed to reach their goal. Wiseman breaks multipliers into five disciplines in which they differentiate themselves from diminishers. The first is the talent manager, who attracts and optimizes talent. Next, the liberator, who creates intensity that requires an employee's best thinking. Next is the challenger who extends challenges by having others do the hard lifting so that they can stretch themselves. Next, the debate maker who facilitates a debate between his or her team, which leads to a decision improving a process or an issue through more rigor. And finally is the investor who instills ownership and accountability with their employee base and gives other people ownership for the results and invests in their success. Interestingly, Wiseman believes that multipliers increase efficiency and productivity by up to two times. Diminishers also break down into five different prototypes. The first is the empire builder who hoards resources and underuses talent and is only interested in collecting talented people around themselves so that they look good. Next is the tyrant who creates a tense environment that suppresses people's thinkings and capability, whose name is almost self-disclosing, but it ruins all of those around him with his his or her insistent criticisms. Next, the know-it-all, who gives directives that simply showcase how much they know, limiting what their teams can achieve to what they themselves know how to do. This means they must try to deduce, literally in the dark, the soundness of the decision instead of executing it. And finally, there's the micromanager, who drives results through personal involvement and who generally believes that they are the only person who can figure out something and approach execution by maintaining ownership, jumping in and out of a project, and reclaiming responsibility for problems which they have delegated. 
diminishers usually reduce efficiencies by up to 50%. Wiseman presents several ways that a leader can use the multiplier effect, and I found many of them work particularly well for business leaders who are working to more completely operationalize their company. This is particularly true because it is through persuasion that leadership works best by getting other disciplines to embrace the specific topic at hand. Some of the specific techniques which Wiseman presented in her talk and in the book were identify not only the skills that are on those for those on your team, but also those that come naturally and easily to them. <clears throat> By doing the, this, you can more effectively utilize your team's talents in implementing a, a more operationalized program. Interestingly, you can get employees to stretch through a technique Wiseman calls supersizing, which is a situation where you give someone a task that may be one size too big, but allows them to grow into it. This is certainly applicable when trying to operationalize a particular decision. Mistakes are going to happen in any implementation. The same is true when you utilize Wiseman's multiplier techniques. She suggests a couple of leadership strategies around implementation and mistakes. The first is to talk up your mistake within the team for debriefing and analysis. The second is to actually make room for mistakes. And here she used the analogy of the sandbox, where your team can experiment, take some risks, and recover from mistakes. I found her next point fascinating, which was to lead by asking questions. As a law school aficionado, I was certainly drilled in the Socratic method. So asking questions is something I'm com quite comfortable with. But the way Wiseman points out, following the Socratic method, is each question is answered by another question. Her technique of leading with questions works with all five categories of multipliers. The reason it is so successful is that people are smart. They not only want to get things right, but they also want to build and eventually figure out how to do it. It is not simply a case of getting out of their way. It is guiding them with your leadership expertise to come up with the right answer and a solution which will work. Now imagine applying this really throughout. If you take the approach of leading by asking questions, you not only guide the functional unit, but you get greater buy-in to the entire concept and process because it becomes the group's process. Each of you should use a variety of techniques that Wiseman detailed in her talk and are more fully explored in the book. So I'm going to go through some of the potential or uh, multiplier techniques that she has presented in her book. <clears throat> the first is name the genius. Identify the people on your team who do easily, who easily and freely utilize their talents or are more specialized so you can utilize their native genius. I've already talked about supersizing it, which is to give someone a job or task that is one size too big and then help them go to the next level up and grow into the role. An interesting technique she pointed out was called playing fewer chips. And in this scenario, you give yourself a budget of literally poker chips with each chip representing a comment or contribution you can make in a meeting. You only have a limited number, three, four, or five, so you have to be judicious. And it's designed to give you as the leader 
a way to measure how much you are saying and how much you're inter interjecting yourself. And I really like that one to help you think through letting the team formulate a response around you. Obviously, the sandbox is a great analogy for talking up your mistakes. <clears throat> so invite experimentation and learn by sharing from your mistakes and define a space where people can experiment. Once again, the sandbox. What about creating a stretch challenge? Now, that's a little bit different than simply supersizing it because instead of giving people a goal, you lay down a concrete challenge. Define an intriguing puzzle to be solved or question to be answered. In her book, Wiseman also laid out tendencies, intentions, and outcome, and simple workarounds. So if you're a business leader, uh, you could listen to these and get some ideas about how to overcome what you think some of your strengths might be, but they might be diminishers for your team. So with the optimist, you certainly intend to create a belief that the team can do it. However, people wonder if, if you appreciate the struggle that they are engaged in and the possibility of failure. So before offering your boundless enthusiasm, start by acknowledging how hard the work is. Let people know what I'm asking you to do is hard and the success isn't guaranteed. So for the protector, if your intention is to keep people safe from political forces in your organization, the outcome might be that people do not learn to fend for themselves. So expose your team member to harsh realities in small doses so that they can learn from their mistakes and develop. If you're a strategist, your intention is to create a compelling reason to move beyond the status quo. However, people defer up and second-guess the boss rather than finding answers. As a workaround, you might paint a picture of the future, leave sections for your team to complete, and frame the puzzle by establishing the why and the what, but let them fill in the how. Once again, do this by asking challenging questions. For the perfectionist, the intention is to help people produce the outstanding work which they are proud of, yet people feel criticized, become disheartened, and stop trying. So as a workaround, you might try to define the standards of excellence up front. Let people know what outstanding looks like and define the criteria for completeness. Ask people to self-assess by their own standards. Once again, make space for mistakes. For the ideal guy, the intention is to have their ideas stimulate ideas in others, yet they often overwhelm others who shut down or spend time chasing the particular idea that that ADD idea guy has come up with for that day. So what can you do before sharing new ideas? Stop and ask yourself if you want people, the people to work for you to take action now. If not, hold off on sharing and save it for a later time. If you're always on, your intention is to create an infectious energy and share that point of view. However, the outcome may be to consume all the space and literally the air around you and others will tune out. So just say it once. Instead of repeating yourself for emphasis, try saying things once and create a reason for others to chime in and build on your idea. Set expectations for others to speak up. If you're a rescuer, your intention is to ensure people are successful and protect their reputation. The problem is that people will become dependent, which weakens their reputations. So what you can do is ask for their fix, or F-I-X. When someone brings you a problem or signals a need for help, remind yourself that he or she probably already has a solution. Ask them, how do you think we should solve it? Give them room to make mistakes and give back their answers to them. If you're the pace setter, 
<clears throat> your intention is to set a high standard for quality or pace, yet others may become spectators or give up when they can't keep up. So you need to stay within sight. If you have a tendency to pull ahead, remind yourself to stay within sight so that people don't get give up or get lost. Stay within a distance that someone can catch up with. And finally, the rapid responder, where your intention is to keep the organization moving fast. Yet the outcome is the organization moves slowly because of the traffic jam of too many decisions or too many changes in too short a time. What you should do is wait 24 hours before responding to any email that falls into someone else's job. Give that person the right of first response. Ask questions and make a debate. I've been talking today about multipliers, how the best leaders make everyone smart, er, by Liz Wiseman. It's really an excellent book. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. I hope that you will uh, take a look at it. I hope the write-up accompany this podcast it will help you in making not only decisions about leadership, but with some specific techniques that Wiseman has detailed for us that I think will help you make you a better leader. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership, and I hope you'll join us again next week for another episode. This is Paris Fox again. We hope you enjoyed this episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.